Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Just before the pandemic began, Justin and his family moved to Valencia, Spain, their dream city in their dream country. They were delighted to be there until lockdown when they were stuck in a small apartment together, unable to engage with the outdoor lifestyle that is so endemic to that city. Going stir-crazy with his three-year-old son, Justin and the family worked to invent new games and new methods of interaction in order to soothe the stir-crazy feeling. So I think it was early February it might have been even been as as much as late January. My my brother's in China in Shanghai and has been for five years. Um, and then the tech community um, is very connected. So I know that I got an email on February 11th um, from a China newsletter I'm on called Sinocism. Um, and he did a big update saying, "Watch out, this is coming." I guess it to me it's just been like a lens of uh, everything I already believed about government, politics, people, humanity. Uh, it just further reinforced beliefs I already had and probably made them stronger. <laughs> Somewhere, I mean, I was around that period going, oh shit, this is gonna be another great depression. You know, like I wasn't too worried about the virus because the data was not great, but I mean, it had the potential to shut everything down and really break everything. Um, and even if, you know, the death rate, you know, was very small. Um, it's a lot of damage and people just can't handle that stuff very well. Nobody does. So I remember thinking like, this is going to be, this could be really bad. Uh, I mean, like, you know, we ordered a bunch of food. Um, I mean, being in a foreign country, I ordered food that if we had to put in backpacks, you know, backpack out rice, cashews, things that were high density, you know, just wrapped through worst case, we stocked up on emergency water, you know, just in case, I mean, like big orders. I liquidated one of my portfolios, like from, you know, 70%, 80% stocks to 100% bonds, stuff like that. I'd say, um, yeah, relatively the same. It's just kind of further entrenched, like views about political competency, uh, fear mongering, everything's politics now in the U.S. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Viseo, Portugal. Uh, it's about an hour and a half outside of Porto in northern Portugal. Um, so currently Portugal is doing really well. We had another, we had a severe lockdown here um, from January to late April. Um, so we, they kind of buckled the curve and then they got a, a general in charge of the um, vaccine rollout. So it's going much better. 
Um, I think that we'll be able to make vaccine appointments in the next four weeks and we'll probably get a, our first shot in the next eight weeks. Um, so everything is open here. Everybody's relatively normal. Still wearing a mask outside, but otherwise things are good. So my life, not so much. Um, I've worked remote for a long time. So um, we joke with friends who all work remote that this is really not that different. <laughs> Besides watching else, everybody else kind of scramble with the same you know, tech concerns and other things. Um, I spent a lot more time with my family. Um, this year we're traveling less uh, because Europe's gotten hit harder. We have the, probably the biggest impact is on my wife. Um, she's more outgoing and community driven than me. I'm super introverted. Um, so it's not as it really did not affect me personally, besides through my family, I would say in some ways, besides normal stress. Um, but my wife, it's hit hard. And since we're a team, that's hard. And for her, the biggest one is not being able to see family, to have them visit or vice versa. And then also for making friends, she thought it was gonna be harder. Some of that didn't pan out, some did, but we had just moved to Spain. And so we only had a few friends there and we didn't get to see them for months and some of that. So that was hard on her. And then my four-year-old son, three-year-old son at the time it all hit. Um, it was very hard for him to be locked in an apartment because in you know Spain, it was a very severe lockdown um, where you couldn't leave the apartment and they didn't give any time for kids, which was probably a mistake on their part. So that was hard on him as well as not seeing friends because they, they had become so important in his development. Uh, just in terms of distance work um, and then further pushing apart people who work via technology and people who work old kind of jobs <laughs> that are kind of screwed in general anyway, uh, just kind of accelerated that divide. We have people who suddenly got even more money for what they do um, and they're not in danger. And then everybody who was in danger is even more at risk of losing their job and so on. So. And then it, it accelerated hugely. I mean, sales were uh, in the tech world, apart from like real industries that got hit, like housing or travel, I mean, they just exploded. Um, at first, you know, it was two months of kind of chaos where nobody knew what was going on, but then everybody suddenly got their salaries increased. They were working 60 to 80 hours sometimes. It was just insane for a lot of friends and family. Well, I, I was, I don't know if this qualifies, but um, one of my favorite memories is uh, we, we, we were lucky in that we had a pretty big apartment in Spain, um, in Valencia. Um, and my son and I, I was going crazy. I, I love to bike, walk, whatever. And being trapped in an apartment that's still pretty small is very difficult, especially when you can't go outside, um, except to like take the trash out. You know, we take the smallest bags possible and go again and again. We had a big hallway and so uh, eventually my son and I just started, you know, he's three years old and he would just start walking around with me and we would pace and try to see if we could walk a mile inside the apartment because we were going so stir crazy and had so much energy because we weren't burning any of it. And I don't remember how it started, but my son had this, threw a sock at me because he was taking him off his feet. And we made this great game called Stinky Sock that we still play where he takes his socks and wads them up and he throws them at me and I try to hide and dodge. And then I turn around and it goes the other way, um, but it involves a lot of sprinting and hiding. And, um, and, and so we had the birth of this game through, uh, through this crisis. It's been very fun and we still, still play it and he still loves it. And I remember it just, it helped get us through the lack of movement uh, that we were going through and uh, you know all the normal stress of everybody in society freaking out.
Yeah, it was a great, great game. It really helped. <laughs> in Spain, every night at the same time, people would uh, clap as an entire city. That was, that was like held us together. I, I won't, it like really held everybody together. All the neighbors, you get to see everybody on your street leaning out. That was big. And I know that happened in other places, but in Spain, it was like clapping for the doctors and nurses and first responders and stuff going through everything. It ended eventually, you know, after months and months, um, but it was really nice because everybody could kind of feel like they were in it together. So that, that really stands out as something that was cool that I hadn't really seen before. Um, and then, you know, really push neighbors and others together. You know, we, we had a WhatsApp group for our apartment. You know, we checked to see if people needed groceries because I still walked to the market, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, and then just how amazing it was in Spain, particularly because we were locked inside to actually get released out. And how, I mean, Valencia is already an outdoor city and the people are go stir crazy when it rains for a day. Like, you know, they're not Norwegian. And so it was amazing once we were finally allowed out at the, how happy everybody was, even though it was a scary time and how much people move their bodies. Like I, I bike three or four times a week on, you know, one of two paths around Valencia and they, they blocked it out. So for a while you could only exercise from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And I have never seen it so busy at 6 a.m. You know, usually there'd be two people and I'd go past, you know, 500 people. Um, it was really cool to see everybody and everybody was in like good spirits. Um, so that was nice. And just watching my son when he got out for the first time, he cried just playing in the grass. It was so, it was so sad because it had probably been six, six weeks, I think I'm looking at, yeah. How nice it is to be outdoors <laughs> and in nature and, and being able to be there. Uh, it was it was something we probably took for granted. Wouldn't want to live on Mars. <laughs> we wanted to stay in Valencia. We love it. We wanted to live there the rest of our lives. First city we really found that we loved. Um, but we delayed trying to have a second baby because the pandemic hit as we were going to start trying to have a second kid. And so we just didn't know what was going on with hospitals in terms of safety and effects on mother and all that kind of stuff. So we waited and didn't start until August of last year. And at that point, we could only stay in Valencia for one or two years because of tax problems between the U.S. I think I mentioned this. So there's just a lot of tax complications for us, given our situation um, between Spain and the United States. So at most, we could stay one or two years without having to pay an enormous amount of taxes, like 70% of our income. Because of COVID as well, we decided it might be nice to wait this out um, since we knew by then the vaccine was coming, um, to wait it out someplace greener and closer to nature. Um, Valencia is quite, quite good at that, but we felt like, okay, we can't be in Valencia, um, so where else would we go? So we just went to um, Portugal, we decided. I think we left in like late September. Uh, moved over here and so a big part was to be close to nature while we couldn't do anything inside something that had outdoor eating um, that kind of thing one thing that we did that my son loved is the grandparents were all due to visit and those visits got canceled the aunts as well so what we did um, started doing and we haven't in a while but the grandparents on all the sides because we have a uh, double divorced parents is they would record themselves reading books to him. Um, and it was really great. So they would record them, you know, the book and themselves reading it um, and then send those to him. And so it's been nice. I, I asked for him. So we've ended up like 50, 60 books of grandparents reading to him that we, you know, always have because I enjoy it too. 
but that was a use of technology that was pretty awesome, but also hit typical technology problems of trying to send it via different methods doesn't work because it can only be under five minutes on WhatsApp, you know, 200 megabytes in this. So that took um, a lot of work and finagling Dropbox um, and then all this other stuff, but it was really cool, effective technology to be able to do that and high def and he watches them on the phone. Um, and, you know, my, my parents would dress up um, in funny costumes with like purple hair, you know, cause they were trying to stay sane cause they're at real risk. So they, they were in a real bubble for a year. So they would, they would wear like masks and funny costumes in there. You know, we bought them some six, you know, some big pajamas that were like a tiger and he loved getting these videos um, cause he really missed them. Um, so that, that was really cool. That was probably in terms of technology. That was one thing we used that I'd never done before or thought about. And my mom would read the books she read to me and my brother. So it's really nice because, uh, you know, eventually when she's gone, like uh, me and Nick can still read those. And that means a lot because uh, it was really cool to hear the same books that I remember, you know, uh, Blueberry Sal or whatever. Some of those. So that was nice. Yeah. And a cool use of technology across, across the ocean. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well. <laughs>